It's time for the show that brings the magic right to your speakers. Ears up! Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Another edition of Ears Up Podcast in your podcast place. No, no, no. Yeah, friends. Right, uh, we're sharing in the podcast land times, and you're with us. You're one of them. With Russ? With Russ. With Russ. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, another weird intro, dude. Uh, show 53. We've done 53 of these shows, or 52, rather. Uh, this one's pretty cool. Terrence is going to take us through the history of Indiana Jones and the Temple of the Forbidden Eye, which I think would be pretty cool. I like these little history shows. Man, it's fun. literally took it from... 30 pages of notes down to six. Wow. So hopefully it won't be too long, but there's a lot in there. Really? There's a lot in there. See, and, and I made the mistake of, we went to the uh, the Indiana Jones, like, uh, I don't know, uh, celebration or whatever. Right. Um, at the park and uh, listened to Tony Baxter talk no. about it. And uh, I took a bunch of notes and I, I didn't even give them to you. I don't even know where they are. You did not listen to Tony Baxter talk. You listened to the other guy talk. Because oh, I saw it on YouTube. Oh, you did? And oh, okay. I couldn't get through 15 minutes of it. <laughs> that guy was terrible. Well, and that's, okay, and that's the thing is that normally, so I'm I'm a huge fan of this ride. I love this yeah. ride. And I, I want to hear Tony. <laughs> like literally, just yeah. put Tony and a chair and a <laughs> mic and that's it. That's, yep. what, that's what I want. And the other guy... Like, Tony tries to make a joke right when he walks out. The other guy is like, oh, I'm going to step all over you and blah, blah, blah. Oh, he was dude. atrocious, but he's some sort of Disney historian, I guess. Well, I don't know, I, I gather. I, I've never I've never oh, heard of him. But bro, the MC guy. Bro hammer, yeah. And I remember coming back uh, from our, 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 our first show back from that trip and going, let me do that. Right. Let me do that. <laughs> I think you'd be great. You know what the thing is? is that number one, you're funnier. Yeah. And number two, I think that you realize how important Tony is to the history of Disneyland. Yeah. And... Even if you were mid-sentence and he cleared his throat, I think you would stop. You have to. Just in case he wanted to say something. See, and, and, and that's the <laughs> like beauty. Well, that's that's what you do, honestly, when you host, when you're an MC of something right. like that. And, and you're interviewing, essentially, um, an important guest. Yeah, yeah. Especially if you're a Disney historian, you know what Tony Baxter has done. I mean, he came up with Splash Mountain. He is. I mean, come on. <laughs> let's let's get real right now. So, yes, if you if he has something to say... Then you stop whatever you're doing right. and let him say it. And what you're there to do is guide him through the responses, not uh, not try to bring the spotlight to you and like have weird interactions with Tony. Right. You're there for the audience to get gems out of this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it, yeah, I, I hated it. I hated I it because agree. that guy was terrible. Anyway. <laughs> well, I completely agree. It wasn't wow. terrible. Yeah, mm, it wasn't that bad. Okay, it wasn't terrible like being stuck <laughs> in traffic 10 minutes before getting to Disneyland and the traffic's like three hours. Like, that would be terrible. Yes. But it was terrible in the sense of um, you you know, go to the running out of bacon or something. You go to the dentist for a cleaning and then you have to get a root canal. Because that's what it felt like to me. Sure, because yeah. I was expecting that's something. Way worse. No, because honestly, I was expecting it to be kind of painful. And 15 minutes in, I was like, "This is excruciating." <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Well, that's good because uh, I I had the same uh, I had the same uh, thoughts. Yeah. So anyway, we're gonna hear from you. Taryn has a window, one of the Main Street windows. We're gonna go through as well. It's a little whole history show. I got some Disney news, and uh, Bev will just hang out. So hi. Let's. Uh, <laughs> 
That wasn't, that's that, that wasn't that's your, not cue. your cue. She's busy playing Bubble Witch on my show. I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, anyway, let's uh, let's get started. Here we go. Uh, find us on iTunes, tune in, Stitcher, wherever greater podcasts are learned about. Uh, rate us on iTunes. That would be cool. Anything, look, anywhere you can rate us. You know, rate us, man. I don't know. Whatever. Um, if there's another platform you need to know about, let us uh, know the things that you need from us. I heard that Google Music is going to start doing podcasts, so I already got us signed up on there. Nice. Are we uh, on our Google Plus very often? Checking the thing out? Google Plus? No. Why, who's on Google Plus? <laughs> Nobody's on Google Plus anymore. We've had this conversation. Yes, I know. <laughs> we are on social medias, on Facebooks and Twitters and Instagrams. We're there. Uh, if feedback on the show goes, goes to Taryn at EarsUp-Podcast.com. Any compliments goes to Terrence at EarsUp-Podcast.com. You can say hi. I'm not doing it this time. To Bev <laughs> at EarsUp-Podcast.com. And anything else comes to me, Jason, at EarsUp-Podcast.com. Remember, Ears Up with a Z. It, <laughs> Can I call Terrence out on something real fast? Right. Yes. Go ahead and, and, and yes. What, what would you like, Terrence? Uh, we were told that you have received compliments and you have even responded to oh. them. Wasn't it Ashley? Am I supposed I to say it was those Nasa. on air? It was Nasa. Yeah, and you responded to her even and you never told us. I didn't know I was supposed to say that online. Online. Online, on, on the air. We asked you like three shows ago, like, do you ever get compliments? You were like, no. no I never get No any. one ever compliments me. It wasn't three shows ago. Um, no, it was a while no, ago, was... probably. But no, you're, uh, prob- you're right. So, so I'm, I'm looking at it right now, and you are right. So. <laughs> yeah, so of course Lisa, we're right. Clayton, Jeffrey. Wow. Are you serious? Oh, thank you. <laughs> no, those are, no, those are just... Oh Those God. are just email exchanges. It's not just they're not compliments, not, not necessarily compliments. Uh, but thank you guys. Wow, wow, I love you guys too. Okay. Uh, anyway, that wow. got that out of the way. Wow. Um, you can support ears up. We are our Amazon link. You're doing a lot of uh, Christmas shopping. I can feel it. I can feel the keyboard uh, clicking right now as we speak. Um, hit the Amazon link on our website first, man, and that will uh, that will put us in uh, the running to get a little bit of your cash. Uh, Amazon pays us as a referral to whole thing. Uh, but that really helps out. We also have reoccurring donations. You can also buy Coveyors. You can go to getcoveyors.com and, uh, you know, dress up your Mickey Mouse ear hats, man. That's pretty cool. Uh, you can also buy churro shirts from us. You can go to churroshirt.com and it really just redirects to our ears upside, but whatever. Uh, buy some churro shirts, man. Help us out. Um, and then, uh, that's about it. Uh, you can go to etsy.com. Uh, we have our close personal friend Pushy Jack down there selling the Nightmare Before Christmas inspired skulls. You can put one of those up for Christmas and uh, buy it again for, you know, Halloween, man, whatever. Also, our friend Lulu Gumshoe, who designed our churro shirt, she's selling something, uh, the Beer Me shirt, a little bottle of beer, uh, looking all sad and, and depressed, and it's real cute. So you can go to tpublic.com and search Beer Me, and you'll find it. It's pretty cool. Uh, Tara, you ready for some feedback? Yep. Uh, this is from Brent. Hello, Brent. I uh, wanted to follow up uh, about our recent trip to Disneyland after 20 years. I also wanted to wait until after I heard your Walt Disney World show as we are more Walt Disney World veterans and are interested in your thoughts on Florida. My wife had never been to Disneyland and her first and most frequent comment was about the size of the castle. It's small, but I always stress to her that size doesn't matter. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what he means, kids. (laughs) After spending four days on property at the Grand Californian, she she ultimately preferred Walt Disney World. I have a heart for Walt Disney World having been there so many times. Overall, Disneyland has more character, in my opinion, over Magic Kingdom, 
But Walt Disney World, at Walt Disney World, there's so much um, to do between all the parks and resorts. I will say that staying at the Grand Californian was the way to go. Walking distance to everything was ideal. As Sunday, I watched NFL football at ESPN Zone. Monday, walked to Disneyland. And Tuesday, had an entrance to DCA from the hotel. I really like DCA, too. One of our favorite rides at Walt Disney World is Toy Story Mania. Heck. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and we were able to ride it three times within five with five minute waits. When Hollywood Studios, there would have easily been a forty five plus minute wait all day. Yeah, which I think he got real lucky, or he was there during Magic Hour or something. Right, yeah. that's five pretty rare. Minutes? What? <laughs> but I, I'm jealous of this guy too. Um, we did the Walt Disney World Halloween party two years ago and Disneyland this year. We preferred the Walt Disney World uh, version mostly because WDW uh, Halloween Parade is phenomenal. Though we were extremely impressed with the Nightmare Before Christmas overlay on the Haunted Mansion. Um, I didn't watch any of videos or read any reviews about it and was blown away. Best part of the Halloween decorations by far. <clears throat> Excuse me. Later on this trip, we made our way to San Francisco to the Disney Museum. I found it amazing. Uh, we don't know when we'll make it back to Disneyland in California, but I will keep listening to your show even if our trip is, uh, is many years in the future. Well, thank you, Brent. Yeah, thanks, Brent. That's awesome. Very nice of you. Uh, the next one is from Chris. Hello, Chris. I love your show! Exclamation point. <laughs> Hi, Chris. <laughs> I stumbled across your podcast uh, in iTunes accidentally when I was looking for a podcast to fill the Disneyland void between trips to the park. I listened to the Clean the Kingdom episode, and I am hooked. I've been binge listening to the show, and it makes me smile uh, to hear other people as crazy about for Disneyland as I am. I've already ordered my churro sweatshirt. Hey. Yeah. Nice. Boy. And I look forward to proudly wearing it in the park uh, this upcoming November when I make my yearly. I look forward uh, to more posts of the show. Thank you. Thanks, and, Chris. And that's right it on. for feedback this week. But, right. uh, yeah. You know, we did have a listener my... tell us that uh, he got two-for-one churros because he yes. wore his churro shirt. Travis. Yes. That's awesome. Who we missed at the park. So uh, a few of us, uh, you know, not Terrence. Went down to Disneyland uh, this past week with a bunch of people, Blobber from Canada, uh, and we met a couple listeners, which was really cool. Uh, Ashley was there, and mm-hmm. Nasa was there. I hope I'm pronouncing her name right. I feel, I feel real so. stupid if it's... Nasa? No. No, I think it's Nasa. N-A-I-S-A? I don't know. Anyway, it was really cool. She was really nice. They were both really great. Ashley hung out with us for a bunch, and it was awesome. Apparently, Nasa... Uh, got proposal to at the Blue Bayou. Yep, the by next her boyfriend. Day. Yeah, huh. I'm telling you, man, it's the podcast. We're doing <laughs> some. If you're single, we're making a move <laughs> and ready to mingle. Listen, all right, we'll hook you up. Yeah, yeah. so we had we had uh, friends of the show and you know friends and personal friends, but uh, listeners more importantly. <laughs> uh, uh, Matt, uh, he got uh, engaged. In uh, the tiki room, yeah, during the show, so much love. And then the next day, Nasa got uh, not got engaged old too, and uh, a lot of feelings. So many feelings, feelings everywhere. I love it. So many feels. It's pretty cool. Is man. Sam going to re-proposal to you at Disneyland? Um, he probably shouldn't because I can't guarantee what the answer would be. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> what ten years? How long have you guys been married now? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Are you though? Poor Sam. Poor Sam is right. I am kidding. It was funny though. That's hilarious. Um, I like how on your driving back from Disneyland, you had to stop in Dublin, which is like what 45 <laughs> minutes away from your own house, to take a nap because you don't trust your husband to drive. Okay. So. <laughs> it literally is 45 minutes away. Yeah. yeah. So. First of all. But you let him babysit your kid. <laughs> it's not that I don't trust him to drive. He drives our family around. It's just yeah. that particular drive. On Highway 5, he 
drives like a maniac. And <laughs> yeah, but I, you're in Dublin. You're on 680. It, it doesn't matter. I'd driven the whole way. I was committed. And we were both exhausted. And at that point, it was either pull, take, a, take a 30-minute power nap in Dublin. I love you. Or crash and we all die. But <laughs> we survived. And I love him. And I do trust him. But I can't relax when he drives on Highway 5. I, I'm just an anxious ball I feel of the same psycho. Way. I completely understand. I do. <laughs> Taryn, you ready? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Oh, for that. Taryn. Here you go. I like how Taryn says everything that comes to her head, like every emotion. Oh, yeah, that. Okay. <laughs> Uh, okay, this is an honest question. <laughs> Do you guys think that, like, like extremely famous people, like the president or, like, <laughs> or, like Jennifer Aniston, do you think that, like, they have... <laughs> we haven't even got to the fake story yet. No, and she's already putting Jennifer Aniston on the same, on par with the president of the United States. I'm assuming the president of the U.S., right? As, yeah. As really famous. Yeah. Not like president of In-N-Out. No, no. no, the POTUS. Um, well, my question is, do you think that they have special toilet paper? Or do they... <laughs> The alternative being, you make it or, so hard for me not to swear. <laughs> or do they just get uh, uh, like the same stuff at like CVS that we all get? Okay, hold on. Where all is right, everyone? So, so, all right, number one, uh, they're not buying their own toilet paper, right? Okay? But that's what I mean. Like, so are you saying is there like a store for rich people toilet no, paper? I'm just saying, like, do you think that there's like, like if they have like, like four ply? Like, okay, so like babies have. There's cloth diapers. Like, do you think like like famous people use like cloth toilet no, paper? They have a you man a that comes in and takes care of them. They, have yeah. a bidet. they just have a bidet. I think Jennifer have? Aniston just uses film and then sells it as her next movie. Oh, <laughs> rude! I like yes. her. I know you do. It's quite <laughs> accurate. Yeah. That was a deep cut. And Obama does the same thing, but with laws. It's a whole thing. Oh, um. Oh boy. Do I think that they? Well, okay. I guarantee you that that uh, Jennifer Aniston doesn't pop into CVS to buy toilet right, paper. That's what I'm saying. But like her assistant. But like, yeah. does she? Is I'm it sure. Like- look, I'm sure it's um, not cheap toilet paper because they can afford the triple ply. They're not buying the Earth's Best brand. Like, <laughs> it's definitely all charm and all the time. But you yeah. think that they're buying? Like- Bev, have you seen my sandpaper? No, just use some toilet paper. <laughs> um, I'm sure that they have some cushy toilet paper. Yes. Hmm. Yeah. But not cloth. Like cloth no, that I'm, they toss in a thing and somebody has to clean it. Where, no, you, where do you do live? Do you mean like the the hand like the like is baby that, wipes? Like no, like in the no. re, like in the restroom at a fancy restaurant, like in it's the restroom at Club Thirty Three. It was like was it was not cloth. Oh. It was paper towel, but it was like bougie paper towel, and yeah. it was like thick and bougie, bougie. <laughs> but yeah, no, like like cloth diapers versus regular versus throwaway diapers. Like, do you think that they have somebody that cleans Terrence up their stuff? <laughs> No. Do you do, um, do, do I think rich I people have cloth toilet paper? No. No. Is that, that's what you're asking. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. No. 
Mm, I would. <laughs> Why, would you? Because then what, what 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 do you do with it? You're saving the environment. It doesn't matter. No, what you, you hire do somebody you to nothing. clean it. You do nothing with it. But no, but you okay. That's why you have an assistant. As family friendly as possible, <laughs> you're done. Uh-huh. Where do you put the Oh, you have like a, recep- a receptacle. Yeah, a where, where does that live? Is it right like next, next to, the to the toilet? toilet? Like a okay. diaper service? And then what? No, no, hang yeah. on. Let's, let's yeah, finish exactly. it up. Think it out. And then what? So you, you throw it away in the garbage, in the, yeah. in the, in the thing, in mm-hmm. the receptacle. Then what? Then you're done. And okay. How long does leave? it sit there? Uh, Probably like maybe you have somebody come in like every hour. Every, so you're going to pay somebody every hour. These are really famous people. Just well, Jennifer Aniston, Jason. Come on. She has friends' money. <laughs> yes. It's still coming in. It's Rick Moranis, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> does he have syndication money? I'm not sure if he does anymore. I, I mean, okay, look, hey. <sighs> anyway, so the chat room is saying you can put it in like a diaper genie? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking. Okay, and... And you just have to pay somebody to clean it up for you. All right. <laughs> Diaper genies get real rank. Yeah. My favorite is when they talk over the music. Yes. I'm sorry. It makes good radio. Okay. History of Indiana Jones and the Temple of the Forbidden Eye, Terrence. All are right. you ready for this? First of all, why are you standing up? Um, What's I'm, wrong with you? I'm sick. And I'm sitting. No, I'm sick, okay. and so um, when I'm standing, my nose doesn't run as much. I'm not. I don't feel as congested. I, I've always been like because gravity works different up there. I, I've always <laughs> been like this, and so it's just what I do. Confusing so, and hard to manage. I've always been like that as well. Yes. But I don't understand. Like sitting down, I it does something with it. the. I can't explain it. Huh. But even at work, I'm standing all day whenever I'm sick because I'm not. I don't feel as congested. Does it make people at your work nervous? No, a lot of people stand at work. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, half my office stands. Yeah. I hate it. Because I, I feel like as a sitter, like I'm not doing enough. Oh, we're judging you. There's two I people know. in the world. Yeah. Sitters and standers. <laughs> yeah. Coffee is for standers only. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. All right. So um, history of the Indiana Jones ride. Like I said, there's there's a lot. A lot of it's pretty detailed. Some of it's just kind of vague because mm-hmm. a lot of the ideas never really got flushed out. So let's just jump in. Uh, by the mid-80s, Adventureland had basically become a wasteland. There was only one attraction, and it did not truly inter- interest those who were looking for an e-ticket thrill. So something needed to be added. But how? Plans for what would become Indiana Jones Adventure began to take shape as early as 1985. Um, it made sense to go with Indy because, A, uh, their, their, adventure, their adventure movies that incorporate snakes, skulls, death, the supernatural, etc., and... That's something that Disney seems to like. Uh, B, the Indiana Jones Stunt Spectacular, which was first being uh, developed and then went into production at Disneyland Hollywood Studios, was taken off and everyone loved it. Uh, C, they had already worked with Spielberg for Star Tours and Captain EO. Um, and D, none of the movies grossed less than $175 million. <laughs> wow. They're blockbuster movies. Yeah. So it made sense to go with this. So uh, Tony Baxter, who, which we talked about a little bit earlier. Tony B. Uh, yep. He was uh, appointed as the head for the project and had a core of over 100 Imagineers working with him on this ride, um, even though at least 400 touched the ride at some point uh, during the product, wow. the project. Um, so um, can you guys guess what the initial idea was for an indie Indiana Jones thing? Um, I'm, well, I'm going to have to say it's Raiders of the Lost Ark. I, was, I mean, that's, his, the, uh, that's the best... 
Indiana Jones movie. Okay. So this is the thing. As with every other Disneyland ride, their first idea was walk a walkthrough. Yes. <laughs> a walkthrough. So what they would do. Oh, I see. Okay. I don't. Yeah. 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 So um, they wanted to do a walkthrough that showcased props from the movies. Um, and then they realized every single time they try to do a walkthrough, they realize it's a lame idea. I don't know when they the, talked about that in our in the thing that we went to. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't understand when 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 are people going to realize nobody wants to see props? It's not they're not that exciting. Well, stop the, it with putting props on display. I don't care. It's, it's the easiest museum. thing to do. It's definitely yeah, the easiest. But it's thing not. To do. But what are you doing? Don't do that. I'm trying to move the camera because the thing won't stay. Won't stay. You're right. um, it's the easiest. It's the easiest thing to do. You just. Throw some props there and have people walk through and look at it. Uh, but then they realized that wasn't a good idea. Their second idea was for a mine train adventure, uh, just like the one from Temple, uh, the Temple of Doom, with short round. Mm-hmm. Um, they're also trying yeah. to figure out a way to not have a long queue for the ride. Uh, and so they were going to reroute the, um, the Jungle Cruise and actually have Jungle Cruise boats drop passengers off. At the beginning of the ride as well. I like that. Oh, yeah, that's wow. a, that seems like a good idea, right? So you yep. get on the boat, it takes you up to the ride, you get off the boat, and then you're on the God, ride. Can you imagine how long that ride would be? But then you'd have to get on the, the boat and yeah. ride the jungle cruise. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. no, they would have boats that do the whole jungle cruise thing, and then some that launch from the same area and take uh, you over to where, where um, Indiana Jones would be. Um, but at this time, when they're trying to do all the development, they're also um, pitching Splash Mountain. And you have all of this money they're talking about possibly doing and all these different adventures they want to do with Indiana Jones. And then they're pitching Splash Mountain like, yeah, so we can recycle some uh, animatronics from what we used to have. You know, um, so they decided, you know what, we're going to kind of pinch pennies. We're not going to do as much as we thought we would. Um, And so you got what Indiana Jones became today. Uh, So they scaled everything back and put it into development. Uh, But there are still some hurdles to jump through. Uh, the first thing they had to figure out is where they're going to put it. Uh, the Jungle Cruise, the monorail, the Eeyore parking lot, and New Orleans Square basically acted as barriers, um, and there wasn't that much space left in Adventureland for something. And the second thing is they had all of these great ideas, but they had no technology to go along with it. So how hmm. do you find space and then find technology that doesn't exist to pull off what they wanted to do? <laughs> Easy. Easy. Well, I mean, honestly, with the, with Imagineering, once again, they proved that it really wasn't too high of a hurdle for them to jump over. So before Shovel even hit dirt, every Imagineer that was going to be involved in the project watched and rewatched the existing indie movies. for. <laughs> so make sure I said existing. Because it didn't have to watch the one that just came out with Shia whatever that dude is. They didn't have to them. Right. They didn't have <laughs> what to was look. that, four or The five? four. That was four. Yeah, was so four, they didn't yeah. have to look at that one, but they looked at the other ones, and they would watch it over and over and over again and look for every little intricate detail in the movie and anything they could pull from. Uh, they also flew to London, went to prop warehouses in London, and started to raid all the props that were used in the movies to see if there was anything they wanted to use on the ride. I mean, that, that's uh, amazing that they're still there. Well, why aren't they? Why aren't they sold already? Oh, I, you know what? I you don't know, know I mean? why they wouldn't be sold, but you don't know if there's going to be if if a jeep used in this movie might be used in a movie that's from the same time period mm-hmm. over here as well. So it makes sense to store things because it can be used like the um, was it the Oregon from Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea and all? There's things that are used in, in lots of different movies, so yeah. it kind of does make sense. So they went to London, raided the prop warehouses, and started finding stuff. And then they brought in old uh, National Geographic magazines with pictures of archaeological digs, um, and they basically used these things as the, as the Bible as they were creating the ride because they wanted it 
to feel like you're actually at an archaeological dig. So they started to um, get ideas of exactly what they wanted. Um, and then while they're still uh, finalizing the ideas for the queue in the interior, um, construction began in 1993. The Jungle Cruise and the Monorail were both rerouted, and the Eeyore parking lot was completely destroyed. Um, and then they began to build something that, for the first time ever, expanded outside of the walls of Disneyland. They built a five-story, 50,000-square-foot building uh, that was going to house the show and also house some of the props as well. So to help tell the story, they decided they actually wanted to have a backstory and have you be part of the story. So basically, the story is this is all your fault. Right. Everything was going, was going fine until yeah. you looked into the eyes of Mara. Indy gets mad, man. Indy's, Indy's yeah. livid. Yeah, he really he's, is. He's not happy. So uh, so what they decided to do is they, um, they loved the technology they used on Star Tours, uh, but how can you create something that's a motion simulator with just a video, but how can you create this in something that's actually live action environment? So this led to the invention of the EMV, which is the Enhanced Motion Vehicle. Um, it's basically an open-top motion simulator on a slot car track. That's the best way to describe it. Okay. Um, the vehicle's chassis and body are connected by a set of hydraulic pumps that allow the body to move front, back, side to side. Like, just, <laughs> 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 you like that? It's just like Trey's right, all right? Um, so it's able to move like that without the body itself moving. Um, it allows the vehicle to react to the terrain without having to actually create a bumpy terrain. So each of these vehicles can seat up to 12. There's three rows of four people each. It contains 24 speakers. It's four-wheel drive. It has low and high beams. It rides on neoprene-filled tires, and it moves at 14 miles an hour. It's basically an electric car. Wow. So um, they they just started developing this. Um, they started trying to queue it up to what's going to happen on the ride, and then they built an elevated track in Burbank. And they would actually test everything from the set pieces, the lighting, the effects, the transport clearances, the motion pro- profiles, everything on that set in Burbank. Uh, then, as they were building the interior um, of what would be Indiana Jones now, uh, they decided to throw mud, dirt, water, rocks, anything they could at the walls on the interior to make them appear as old as possible. Mm-hmm. So they're doing all of this, and the ride opened, soft opening March 3rd, 1995. Uh, and then open to the public on March March 4th, 1995. But there were some issues during the development. Uh, Harrison Ford was slated to be the voice of Indiana Jones for the ride, uh, but an intern messed up. Oh. Harrison Ford hated the fact that there was going to be a Super Bowl halftime promo made to promote the ride and requested to have nothing to do with it. What? Yes. Why? Because he hated that fact. He just said, the ride's going to be good enough. Just let the ride be the ride. We don't have to have a promo for it. Weird. So there's two. I'm I, sorry. What what multi million dollar corporation is he ahead of? Right. No, I no. I'm I'm not saying he's right. I'm I know. Just saying I'm that just he's yeah. Harrison Ford at this point. Right. All right. So there's two scripts being written at the same time. <clears throat> there's a script being written for Harrison Ford and what he's going to say on the ride, and there's a script being re- being written for the Super Bowl promo. Well, an intern accidentally sent Harrison Ford the Super Bowl promo script on accident, and he was so livid that he completely pulled out of the project and didn't lend his voice at all. So anytime you hear Harrison Ford's voice on the ride, you're actually hearing the voice of Dave Temple. Huh. So, okay, who's in the temple of the Forbidden ah, Eyes. Um, yeah. That doesn't make sense to me because why Why wouldn't they go, Harrison, why are you pulling out? Because the script's bad. It's not because the script's bad. It's because he doesn't. he didn't want anything to do with the Super Bowl promo. And he's Harrison Ford. All right, he's Indiana Jones. He's Han Solo. Sure, but I mean, I I just that doesn't make sense to me. I guess it I've seems heard, too irrational. I've heard that he's moody. 
Yeah. Hmm. Sounds like it. He's earned it. Okay. All right. Really? So, Perry's Han Solo. Come on, Han Solo. So, um, so they used <laughs> Dave Temple's voice. Um, surprisingly, one of the most complicated things of building this ride was actually the music. Uh, the music was actually just as complicated as the development. All the music used on the ride is actually from the movies, um, <laughs> and is written by John Williams, who did the score for Star, Star Wars. Wars. Yep. Uh, so it took audio coordinators 22 straight rides to get the audio correct, and it still isn't perfect. <laughs> uh, part of the issue is that there's no definitive triggers for sound files based on rooms because the ride is constantly changing due to the location of other vehicles on the track. So no two vehicles can occupy the same scene at the same time. So they incorporated vehicle okay. stalls and starts to allow for timing issues for slower loading and unloading of vehicles as really? well as broke down, breakdowns. So when you're on the ride and it sounds like your car is stalling, yeah. it's because there's a car somewhere on the track that's not where it needs to be at that point. Huh. And it's literally stalling you so that you can't oh. move forward yet. And then all of a sudden you take off real quick. Yeah. Huh. Yes. I- so it's intentional. That's cool. It's, it is. Neat. It's really cool how they incorporated it. So, um, so to this point, there's constantly songs fading in and fading out, so it's difficult to pinpoint where one song ends and another begins. So backstory to the ride. Set in July of 1935, this is actually a prequel to the movies. Okay. The Raiders of the Lost Ark took place in 1936. That's the earliest of the movies. So this actually happened before the first Indiana Jones movie. Um, an ancient temple buried by a flood 2,000 years earlier was uncovered by Indiana Jones. It contains countless artifacts, but the real treasure is offered by the temple deity, Mara. Earthly riches, eternal youth, and visions of the future. So an archeo- uh, archaeological dig is actually set up there. You're going in to try to get what other people before you have gotten, which is either riches, uh, a vision of the future, or to stay young forever. Uh, so the, the queue is a half a mile long. I'm pretty sure no one's surprised wow. by that. It's no. an entirely too long queue, in my opinion. Uh, you're entering the site for an, uh, of an archaeological dig. It contains actual props from the movie and hidden secrets and visual cues. So the Jeep outside is actually the Jeep that ran over Indy and Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, there's a small mining car from Temple of Doom. There's hieroglyphics everywhere, and we actually have a decoder as well, so you can decode some of the hieroglyphics. Um, the pole, everyone knows this secret. The pole in the spike room says don't. You know, don't mess, don't mess with the pole or don't shake the pole. If you do that, it does uh, crashing sounds. It makes it feel like the, it makes it seem like the ceiling's dropping on you. Um, there's a rope where it says don't pull on the rope. You pull on the rope and it drops, um, an archaeologist, uh, archaeologist. Um, in the office, there's actually a life magazine with Mickey Mouse on the cover and on the wall is a map and the map is actually, um, a map of the entire ride. And there's also a crate addressed to Club Obi-Wan. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah. Uh, one of the neatest things, and I never knew this before, this um, are the lights on the ride, are actually in the queue. So there's a generator outside that uh, looks like that's what would be powering the lights. And so once you get inside, the lights are kind of flickering and uh-huh. kind of dim. Yeah. Um, but if the ride goes down, the lights come on full strength. So if you're ever in line and you're not moving and the lights come on full strength, it means that there's t- some kind of uh, you know what yeah there's some kind of problem with the ride and it's not riding and then it's uh, not working and as soon as it works again the lights go back to being dimmer <laughs> and flickering. Okay. Um, so later on in the queue, you see a film explaining the site um, and giving you a warning or safety video, um, and then you'll head on to the north track. There's actually two tracks, the north and south. The south track is only used on busy days. Now on the vehicle. Uh, 
they're you used to just load, put your seatbelt on, and basically go off on the ride uh, because there's four LEDs that could be seen by the the cast member there, and the LEDs actually um, it shows if the seatbelt's been buckled on mm-hmm. a seat in a row. Yeah. So they never really had to do the visual look at your seatbelt, but people started doing putting the seatbelt behind them. So they so the seatbelt was oh. Jesus, but it was behind them, right? Wow. And so people, people just are asked to get hurt. Well, then that's what's wow. happening. People are getting thrown like around. Out of the They're thing. getting thrown around on the ride, and so now it takes even longer to get onto the ride for the ride to get going because now they have to do a visual check to make sure you actually have the seatbelt. Pulling belt the yellow on. strap. Wow. Yes, exactly. Wow. Yeah. So now, I could never imagine riding that ride without a seatbelt. I know I, that would be terrifying. If you've never been on the ride before, you wouldn't understand how much it jostles you around. It's insane. I'm like seatbelt and holding on in front of me. <laughs> right. like, I always want to be in the front. I always want to drive. Like, oh, I'm sorry, the, it's my first the time. The back is the best. Really? It's the bumpiest. That's what I've heard. Okay. Swingiest. Okay. Okay. Uh, so you're on the ride now, and um, for each of the scenes on the ride, I'm actually going to give you. Uh, the song that's playing during that part. Uh, so during the Chamber of Destiny, the song playing is the Miracle of the Ark from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, there's three doors before you. They're actually on a rotating platform, so you're only staying on one track. There's a fountain of eternal youth, and when you go through, you see blue lights and then flowing water on the wall. There's a chamber of earthly riches with golden light and treasures visual, uh, visible on the wall. And then the observatory of the future, uh, and it tilts you back when you go in. So you're looking up at over 5,000 fiber optic lights that look like the stars. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you are in line long enough and you can see what people, what door people are going through, you can actually determine which door you'll go through. Because the pattern is left, left, middle, right, right, middle, like that. So if you wanted, if you wanted to, if you wanted to play a game next time that you're in line um, and you're on the south side, it's easier to see. You can see what door people are going through and see if you can guess which one you're going through. I th- think that they don't actually do that anymore. No. Last... I haven't seen it move ever. I think it no, I think that they actually they like stopped doing that. They they only go through the first the middle the door middle. now. Okay, cuz last time it broke. It's broken. Okay. And it's unrepaired. Like they it broke so often that they just went through they just had it stuck on the middle door. Right. Uh, and it's very very recent like the past couple yeah. of months. Okay. And then now they do so time, now yeah. what they do the middle door has different animations. So okay, if you go through, like, sense. the Hall of Riches, there's, like, a bunch of gold that falls down on the right. on the face or, like, it unlocks and does right. some stuff like that. Okay, that makes sense then. Yeah. Okay, well, then don't play that game. Um, <laughs> then you go into the Tunnel of Torment. Uh, the Tunnel of Torment, this is after you look in Amara's eyes. Uh, the Miracle of the Ark is still playing. Um, and Andy's yelling no as your vehicle begins to rock. Uh, then you go into the Gates of Doom as playing the song uh, The Desert Chase from Raiders of the Lost Ark. And this is where you see um, Indy holding closed the uh, gates of doom as you is go, that what that is yeah yeah as you go up a set of stairs a rocky set of stairs and then quickly go down another set of stairs uh, then you're in the main show building you see a car uh, jeep coming towards you that's on a bridge um, and you quickly quickly uh, go to the right as your jeep teeters on the edge of lava uh, miracle of arch plane again uh, you're speeding past a 45 foot tall stone edifice of Mara where the right half has melted off and looks like a skull. Hmm. Um, okay. I've did, always wondered what that was supposed to be. That's what it is, yeah. Right. So then you go into the mummy chamber, and they're playing nocturnal activities from uh, Temple of Doom. Uh, you make a sharp left, and you enter a room full of mummies where some are popping out at you. This is where they used to have bones, the uh, mm-hmm. skeleton with the uh, Mickey hat on. It's not there anymore. Yeah, it's not there. Every time I, I try to look for it, and I can't see yeah, it. Yeah, so. it's not there. It was taken down. Okay. As far as I could see from my research, it was taken down about 2005. Okay. 
Um, and it's hard to see, but if you look at the wall, you can actually see a mural on the wall, and it looks like more mummies are coming out and approaching you. Uh, you then go into the bug room, which is everyone's favorite. Uh, the song is in the idol's temple and the well of souls. Uh, the walls are covered, quote unquote, covered with bugs, but they're actually just a couple of plastic bugs in the room. Uh, the, fe- the effect of the bugs on the wall is actually uh, caused by uh, a laser disc projector. You then go to the bridge, which is the miracle of the ark, which is Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the midpoint of the the ride, um, and this is where your jeep stalls. So this is the only time in the entire ride where your Jeep is supposed to stall because Mara huh. is shooting green beams at you at this point. Okay. You then go to the Snake Temple. Uh, they're playing the Slalom of Mount Hummel from Temple of Doom. And this is when you hear any say snakes, you're on your own. If you look at the snake that lunges at you, a couple of things. Number one, the audio is always off. Hmm. It always lunges at you before you hear the hiss. Um, and sometimes it actually lunges at you twice for some reason. Um, then you go into the mudslide or the skull room. Okay. Um, the belly of the steel beast from Last Crusade is playing there. Uh, and then you head into a room with human skulls and Mara's spirit. Uh, they have a, a scrim painted with a demon on it above the archway with light shining on it. So it actually looks like a demon is coming down at you. Uh, then this is the, my favorite part is the dark corridor uh, with the bug tunnel and death trap. Okay. From Temple of Doom playing. Um, you guys know this part, this part, right? So this is where you see the pictures of the uh, the guys with spear, holding spears on uh-huh. the wall. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. They start shooting spears at you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So they have two little air cannons in front of you on the, on the ride, and they have air cannons on the walls as well. But the genius thing about this is that they're, do, they're basically using stereo. So there's um, two, three, there's eight, eight speakers per row on the Jeep. And what they're doing is they're going, panning, basically panning from left to right, from wall across speakers on the vehicle to the other wall of a sound of a spear going. So in your in your oh. ear, it sounds like you're actually hearing something travel in front of you or around you to the other side, and then they do it vice versa from, from right to left as right. well. Huh. So along with the actual air blowing, and then you hear the panning of the stereo, uh, it makes you feel like you're actually having spears shot at you. Huh. That's it's, pretty, cool. it's pretty neat. It's yeah. a pretty neat thing. Uh, then you go to the rolling boulder where they're playing the basket game from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Uh, you see the ball rolling towards you. You back up, and I say it in quotes because you never this ride never backs up. It just feels like you're backing up. And then you go underneath. Um, mm-hmm. Then you get to the finale where they're playing Flight, of, Flight from Peru, um, and Andy says funny things like tourists. Why did it have to be tourists? Or... Next time you're on your own and stuff like that. And then the ride's over. Jungle so, cruise-worthy jokes. Jungle yes. cruise-worthy jokes. Right. So um, they've only changed a couple of things. They've added a couple of tweaks to Indy himself, changed uh, the anim- uh, animations for Mara, uh-huh. and it's actually like rear projections, stuff like that, and projected on him. Um, and that's basically the only thing that's changed in the ride over the course of the last, goodness, 20 years now. Yeah. 20 years. Um, they broke. Over the last year, I think, they've done some, you know, like I said, because right. the the door change didn't really work right, so now it's no longer there. Or uh, when uh, Indy was closing the gates of doom, fun fact, he was uh, used to press against it with his legs, like pushing it and holding it with his back. Right. But uh, some people complained it looks like he was constipated. <laughs> so now they change it to where he's holding it with his shoulder. Right. Yeah. Well, so some of the, some of the 
fun facts or things to look at. Uh, the only fun time, fact. The only time where you ever see Mara's eyes open um, is in the Hall of Promise. Uh, all throughout the entire ride, there's carvings and pictures of Mara, and Mara's eyes are always closed. But you also see victims that look like they're in peril because they have looked into Mara's eyes. Um, speaking of Indy, there's two Indiana Jones that appear in there. There's one um, at the – well, I'm sorry, there's three. But uh, there's the one that you see holding the gates closed, and that is actually um, a hydraulic one. You see one mm-hmm. at the very end, which is hydraulic, and the one that's hanging over you is actually pneumatic. Uh, the ones hanging over you at the rolling ball because they were afraid that if something happened to the hydraulic pump, it would just be leaking fluid down. <laughs> oh, and so they decided we're not going to do that. We're actually going to have that be pneumatic. Another thing that they did, which is kind of strange, is that um, on all the other rides, you have a uh, belt, basically a robot with clothing put on top. Mm-hmm. But they thought that the movement wouldn't look natural enough for Indy. So his clothes are actually built into him. Hmm. So that he moves more naturally. Hmm. Uh, it's, it's a weird way. I saw a video of it. It's a weird way to describe it. But the clothes are actually part of his body as well. Uh, there, are, there are over 2,200 skulls on the ride. Uh, and you've heard it here. None of them are real. <laughs> right? So if someone says, oh, it's a real one. No, it's not. It's not a real one. Uh, they used over 1,300 different artifacts on the ride. Um, there are puns everywhere in the hieroglyphics. Um, I would definitely try to get a decoder from us. Or even go online and download one if you can. Uh, for instance, there's uh, two water fountains, and above it there's hieroglyphics that say, only one spring can restore youth and vigor. Choose wisely. Yeah. So it's just it's kind of a pun thing to say. Um, within the first three years of the ride being open, there were over 300 injuries reported because it was jostling people around too much. Whiplash. Yeah, so they had to dial it back. Um, each car has unique markings and, and uh, on it. So it has uh, two initials and then four numbers directly afterwards. Okay. So what it stands for is um, there's 17 cars and there's 17 people who are really, really involved in making this happen. So, for instance, there's a car that would say TB0213. TB Tony Baxter. Tony Baxter. <laughs> 02 would be for the month of, his, month of his birth, and 13 is the car number. Ah. Okay. So look for that. You can see which one you're on, and then look up that information. Is it that same out. formula for it's everybody? The same formula for every for everybody. That's okay. Cool. So you'll, you can see um, not only what car you're on, but who that who um, they dedicated it to, as far as an Imagineer's concerned. And last thing, um, each vehicle has its own brain. So there are countless combinations that are programmed into the car for the room, as well as countless combinations that are programmed into the room. For the car. And so if you look at all the things that are programmed, not to mention the stalls and things that they have to throw in there, there are over 160,000 different combinations that you can have as far as a ride. Like like what? So you will never have the same ride twice. You will never have the same ride twice. But like what are the little intricacies? So so there could be something as far as instead of lunging away from the snake, it will lunge towards the snake. Or instead of being extremely jarring, it's not as jarring. So it could be something subtle or just something that huh. completely changes the feel of the entire scene. Hmm. Cool. So literally 160,000 different rides you can have on that ride. The little tilt here, tilt yeah, there, that's whatever. Amazing. That's cool, man. So yeah, that's uh, that's so, Indy. That ball at the end, let's talk about that for a minute, because that literally scares me every single time. We, I, I'm The ball's going to fall on my head. Okay. Yeah. So the ball <laughs> is actually on a pole, and it's constantly moving forward. And so you have a, a pole that moves uh not 
I want to say vertically, horizontally, mm-hmm. and it's moving is moving the ball along with it. It's never going to come out. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. But even when mm-hmm. you're past that scene and they pull it back, the ball is still rolling forward. It's just what it does. It's terrifying. Yeah, hmm. I, I love it. Like you're so close. I close my eyes and I I hide. I can do one of these. Oh, really? But Every that, time. That was one of the things they were afraid of when they're checking uh, changing it or well, checking it out in Burbank. They're like, okay, we got to make sure that. Someone that's like JP site, you know, someone is like, yeah, you no. don't get, well, someone just died on Indy on the first try. So, so they had to check all the different clearances like that as well. So I guarantee you, it'll never fall on you. <laughs> that okay? ball falls on me. I'm suing you. You won't be able to. <laughs> so yeah, that's it. Cool. That was great. Nice work, Thank buddy. You. That was really cool. Thank you. Uh, Taryn, you ready for your window? Yep. All right, we're going to continue with our journey down the Main Street uh, dedicated windows, and uh, Taryn is up next. Um, so I chose Ex Estensio. Yes. Um, so many of us have uh, heard the name Ex Estensio, and it stands for Xavier, but he goes by X. Um, he's probably most well-known for writing the lyrics to Yo-Ho, Yo-Ho, A Pirate's Life for Me, um, and uh, Grim Grinning Ghosts. Um, but while those two accomplishments uh, could be enough to make somebody a Disney legend, I would think, um, he's actually done a lot more than that. He was born in Chicago. No, that's not what that says. He was born in Colorado. Uh, he moved to L.A. in 1937 to attend the show. I don't know how to say this, like Chonard Art Institute. Okay. I think it's French. Um, after some convincing from his professors, he submitted his portfolio to the Walt Disney Company. And a year later, his neighbors remembered him literally running down the street from the um, Disney Studios back to his house screaming, I got a Disney job. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. So this guy was really excited, and it, and he was pretty shy, so like he didn't really even think about sending in his portfolio. He didn't think that he was that good or whatever. He was just shy about it. So it's pretty cool. I feel like it's kind of a dream come true right there. Um so three years after that, uh, he was promoted to assistant animator on Jason's favorite movie, Fantasia. <laughs> How's that? Uh... It's going great. How's it going? It's going amazing. It's going to be epic. It's going point. really well. Thirty on, pages long. Been working on that for a little while now. <laughs> Just, it's like um, fifteen pages by now. <laughs> I'm prolonging the most uh, important work of my life. <laughs> um, so he was the assistant animator on that. Um, however, uh, World War II came up. And he actually, uh, he served in the war for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, like he's a waiter? No. no. He served in England. Okay. Uh, he was waiter. part of the Air Force. <laughs> okay. um, and he came back to uh, work on some of, what, once the war, once he came back from war, he went uh, back to the studios and worked on some animated shorts, including Toot, Whistle, Plunk, and Boom, uh, which he won an Academy Award for. Great. Um, yeah, no, I've never heard of it. Didn't want to say that out loud. But <laughs> Sounds yeah. amazing. It's a short. I don't know. I don't think a lot of people watch shorts. Um, in 1965, at the age of 46, Walt asked uh, X to join Walt Disney Imagineering. So you got to figure this kid was 18 when he or 19 when he first got the job. Like this yeah. is now he's just hit his second dream come true. Um, and Walt personally asked him, That's amazing. <laughs> which is also pretty awesome. Um, uh, he specifically wanted him to assist with the development of the primeval world diorama. Hmm. So that was his first kind of project as an Imagineer. Um, so he's the one who put the stegosaur and the tyrannosaur together. He's probably that guy. A jerk. 
Mm. I think that part's awesome. That's like my yeah. favorite part. We were separated by like <laughs> three million years. <laughs> um, only smart people know that. See? True. Um, as an Imagineer, he went on to help um, write the dialogue for the Haunted Mansion. And uh, his voice is actually, you can hear his voice during the ride uh, when it stops unexpectedly. You probably remember him saying, playful spooks have interrupted our tour. Please remain seated in your doom buggy. I didn't know that was sex. That's him. That's awesome. That's neat. Um, so he didn't. He doesn't do the, the actual dialogue, but that's his voice. It's kind of a little uh, Easter egg, I guess. Um, and then, as I said before, at this point, he co-wrote uh, Grim Grinning Ghosts with Buddy Baker and wrote himself, uh, Yo-Ho, Yo-Ho, A Pirate's Life for Me. Nice. He's quoted with saying... I didn't even know I could write music, but somehow Walt did. He tapped my hidden hidden talents. So Walt clearly, as with a lot of other people, saw something in him that he didn't even see himself. Yeah. Uh, he also contributed to Space Mountain, Spaceship Earth, and the Mexican Pavilion at Walt Disney World. And in 1983, he spent a lot of time in Tokyo super, supervising the recordings for their Haunted Mansion. Nice. He retired in 1984 after 47 years with the Walt Disney Company. Couldn't even make it to 50. <laughs> um, he was named a Disney legend in 1996. And his window can be found um, above the Mad Hatter in Town Square. Uh, and it reads, the, uh, the Music Quill, Lyrics and Liberettos by X Atencio. Nice. And that's it. Cool. Sounds awesome, man. Yeah, I, I love, love these. Yeah, me too. I love his name too. I love the fact that he's like, I didn't know I could write music until Walt told me I could. Yeah, right. that's amazing. Yeah. yeah, and he wasn't. He almost didn't even apply for Disney at all. Like wow. <laughs> this guy, I, I really like him. That's pretty cool. Uh, I feel like we forgot like to mention some people at the when we did our little Disney trip. Oh, we did. I think so. Didn't we? Uh, well, we talked about... We did see... Um, we ran into Pink Bunny. Yeah, that we, was fun. we ran into Pink Bunny. Uh, Bev got to meet Pink Bunny. We got a, a cute photo with Bev and um, and yes, Pink. So that was, that was cool. Um, we couldn't hook up with Mouse Brew. That was too we bad. We tried, and oh. we were with such a large group, it just didn't work out this time. But we missed you, buddy. Uh, oh, what I want to talk about... Uh, so, for our... Uh, as a wedding present, we got some really cool photos uh, from a guy we've we've talked about before on the show, Brent Schoenwald. Mm, yeah. Um, where is it? I had his website up here. Uh, he does a lot, like really rad Disney photography. It's beautiful. Um, photography.com is S C H O E N W A L D photography.com. It almost looks, it looks like, uh, HDR, uh, but it all, all almost looks, looks like a kind of metallic on, yeah. on the actual print. It, it's really, it, yeah. it's not just like a normal, Here's a high gloss HDR photo. It, it, there's some other techniques it, in here, uh, even on the the printing that I it looks amazing. It kind of looks like, um, who's the painter? Thomas Kincaid. Thomas Kincaid. I'm right there with you. I'm thinking the same thing. <laughs> I was gonna say the, it looks amazing. The painter of lights. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's. And please don't take really that good. as a. Please don't take that offensively. I, I think no, Thomas Kincaid is fantastic. Yeah, it's uh, it's really cool, man. Uh, so, Brett, thanks, man. And he he nice. sent us a couple other ones uh, too. So I think we're going to try to do some sort of game and give one away. That'd be cool. Yeah. I, I win. Yeah. You, you, you win all <laughs> of the things. Game. Um, he does a bunch of. So apparently, he's an ambulance driver as well. Oh. Um, 
which Wait, is kind of oh, cool. That's cool. That's and so on his biography, he's a member. Uh, he's a cosplayer. He's a member of the 501st Legion, the Star- Stormtrooper. Nice. Um, yeah, folks. So he does a lot of stuff, man. Brent, thanks, man. I, uh, you know, that's uh, it was really cool. We, we got to get that thing framed, and uh, yeah, yeah. Man, it's fun. I do want to do a, a, a whole show on um, taking photos in Disneyland. Is that him also? That, yeah. that one. <laughs> wow. That's a skeleton. Thank you. You No, I don't. You know what I mean. <laughs> Did he take I that photo? Didn't. Yes. No. Oh. Well, this is just Disney news. Stop. Stop. Stop looking at my screen. <laughs> I'm, um, I'm I, I want to do a whole show on on taking photographs in Disney, and 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 I'll, I'll, maybe I'll have Brett on too to to tell us some some tips. Oh yeah, that's a good idea. Tip one. So too. Get a selfie stick. Right. Oh, we but saw you a can't selfie stick. No, one. you can bring them in. Uh, well, apparently this this someone person snuck did. One in? She tried. It was actually in the tiki room. Oh, for real? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Did someone grab it? No, I, I think she, maybe she was putting it away. Maybe someone had told her, but she oh, she tried. And I'm like, uh, wow. Wow. Anyway. March in the past, present, and future with all the news that's fit to cover. It's the Ears Up Disney News. So we got a little press uh, over the last few weeks from the uh, article that we wrote about the real skeletons of Disneyland, yeah. uh, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, this site is called Motherboard, uh, which is part of the Vice Network, um, and they picked up the story that read uh, that ran on Atlas Obscura. Uh, I've never heard of these sites either, so don't worry about it. Um, but here it goes. So it says, uh, for theme park buffs, Disneyland's Pirates of the Caribbean is considered to be the gold standard of amusement rides. Uh, which is, you know, it's true. Uh, impressive special effects once uh, way ahead of their time when it was built in the mid-60s are now standard practice for blockbuster attractions. From the moment the first animated Skull and Crossbones yells, Avast there! Ride-goers know they're in for a classic adventure. But there's one major uh, difference between the Pirates of the Caribbean and its many descendants. The skeletal pirates strewn about the attraction were once made of real human remains. And some people, including former Disney employees, insist that a few of them still are. Duh. <laughs> um, blah, 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 blah. I'll bore you with it. Here it is. Where, where is um Eventually, as fake skeleton technology improved, a new generation of Imagineers replaced the real ones, which were later returned to their countries of origin. Huh? And given a proper burial, assures uh, Jason Sorrell, who's a former Disney producer. Uh, some fans, though, are not convinced about this last part. Rumors that several of the real skeletons were never replaced have been swirling in the Disney community for a while and have become a popular topic of discussion on fan blogs in the past couple of years. In a ride most famous for its convincing illusions, uh, these small pieces of alleged reality have drawn a lot of attention. People disagree on exactly which remains remain. After an investigation, Jason Petros of the Ears Up <laughs> podcast concluded that there are exactly three Denzians of Pirate Town that were previously living. Two skulls on a small island right after the second waterfall, and a whole torso trapped under a beam in a burning jailhouse. It's not exactly uh, what the article says. We, we say one of the people, they're actually essentially a, an amalgamation. They're a mashup of all these old little pieces. So it's not one whole person. Uh, but whatever. Uh, I cite, apparently I cited extra details on the inside of the skull around the nose and small holes and such as evidence. Direct quote, small holes and such. <laughs> uh, Josh of Disneyland Report points to a skull and crossbones decorating the head headboard of an ornate bed, um, which I say in the article is a real skull. Yep. Um, 
David Erickson of Fresh Baked Disney has heard that this particular skull was donated by an Imagineer. The blog Disney Dose even got a cast member to confirm this theory. I've heard there are two more, she said, but I haven't found them yet. I told you where they are already. I already told you. It's already in my article. Read it. Deal with it. One of the original writers, Francis Xavier X. Atencio, has referred to these changes as Boy Scouts of the Caribbean. Yeah. Uh, They're making stuff uh, more politically correct. Anyway, there's that. And that's us. And I'm waiting for my site. Uh, Star Wars weekends are ending at Disney's Hollywood Studios. This is Disney World, by the way. Uh, Disney's Hollywood Studios will not be offering its annual Star Wars weekends anymore, Walt Disney World reported Monday. A popular event held on consecutive weekends in May and June is going away because of construction of a Star Wars-themed land in the park. Once the new area opens, there will be 14 acres devoted to Star Wars every day, the company said. <laughs> Essentially so saying... get over yourself. Chill out. <laughs> like, you're all right. You can handle this. Uh, quote, while Star Wars Weekends has been a great way to enjoy the saga for a few days every year, now the Force will be with Disney's Hollywood Studios every day. Uh, end quote. Disney revealed the event's demise as it unveiled details about upcoming Star Wars attractions, including a sneak video peek of changes to the Star Tours ride that incorporates scenes from the upcoming movies. Also, the Jedi training attraction in which kids perform is reopening in early December as Jedi training trials of the temple. In addition, a new launch bay will feature exhibits, merch, and behind-the-scenes features, including encounters with Chewie and Darth Vader. Construction is expected to start next year, but Disney has yet to reveal when the new Star Wars land will open. Uh, they're also doing a Toy Story-themed area within Hollywood Studios. That's going to be awesome. That'll Finally, be then yes. maybe there will be a reason to go to Hollywood Studios. Right. Uh, Disney, this, is, this, is, this makes me sad. Disney fan Wendy Jones says she will reserve judgment on the changes until she sees the new features. But, she said, the cancellation of Star Wars weekends concerned her. The event has become a tradition for her and her 15-year-old son during the past five years. Kid never ages. In particular, the 42-year-old... <laughs> The 42-year-old Winter Garden resident said she hoped they would find a way to continue bringing actors from the Star Wars world back to Orlando. It's disappointing, she said. It was something me and my son went to every year. Jones said she'd been going to Disney World for more than 30 years. For the next two to three years, it will be a void of much to do, she said. They seem to be closing more things than they're opening right now. Here's the kicker. I think it will leave a hole in their offerings. They have five parts. <laughs> Get over your life. <laughs> a hole in their offerings? It's a friggin' weekend. I can understand what she's saying, though. God. Really? Yes, I can. And this is why. Because how many how many fifteen year old boys want to hang out with their mom? Any, Apparently, I this would, one. I would grab onto anything that kid wanted to do with me. I completely understand. So that. the whole of Walt Disney World isn't enough. You have to on the one thing, like the, the one thing she has. I'm not saying that she's right in saying that it's going to leave a hole in what they're what they can actually offer. What I'm saying is, I can understand her being disappointed yes. because the one thing can, that her 15 year old son wants to do with her is now gone. No, I, it wasn't. The, she didn't say that. It wasn't the one thing. I think you're putting I'm too sorry. much on it. I, yeah, but she says it's disappointing. It's disappointing because that's that's what they do every right. year, and they've been doing it together. Right. But the quote they they're going to leave a hole in their offerings. Are you serious? <laughs> Have you been to the other part? No, like, I know. I understand. Are you that for part. real right now? I understand that. Anyway, thank you. Are you okay? No, I'm oh, never wait. okay. Clearly not okay. <laughs> Man says Wreck It Ralph stole his ideas. Huh. 
Disney's well, I'm record. Sorry, how old is this article? <laughs> <laughs> Around for like three years ago. It's from 1494. Another get over yourself. Another get over yourself. Why do I always find a get over yourself? <laughs> I think you look for the get over yourself. Maybe. I, 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 I Google Disney get over yourself. Uh, Disney's Wreck It Ralph was a stolen idea from a rejected TV show, at least according to one guy who's suing for $10 million. Uh, Dyke Robinson, which, <laughs> I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Tells TMZ he created a book series called Digiland and even pitched the idea to Disney execs for a TV show in 2012. But according to the documents, Disney pulled the plug after reading Robinson's script. Apparently, <laughs> apparently it was terrible. <laughs> Later that year, Robinson watched Wreck-It Ralph and says he was shocked to see it was riddled with his Digiland imagery. So you pitched it in 2012. Wreck-It Ralph came out in 2012. Do you know how long it takes to yeah. produce an animated movie, bro? I know, I know. For reals? Uh, Robinson claimed the land called Sugar Rush in W-I-R, oh, Wreck-It Ralph, there you go, um, made entirely of candy was all his idea. He gets specific, saying the movie jacked his sweet ground and sugar-fertilized trees. Robinson is asking for $10 million in damages, not a huge amount considering the movie made 400 mil. I'm sorry, sweet ground and sugar-fertilized trees? Uh, this is from That's TMZ, dude. What nothing, do you want from me? Nothing about that. I've seen... Okay, I'm actually somewhat of an expert on Wreck-It Ralph. <laughs> it's a ben, great movie. Okay. No, nobody, nobody ever describes himself as somewhat of an expert. Either you are or you're... That's generally something that's cut and dry. I'm somewhat of an expert okay. on this subject. And right. at no point in that film are those words ever uttered. They're not, but well, if no. you look at the trees... It's a description, though. The trees that he's chopping down, it would be... If it's a candy cane tree, then... It makes sense. It'll be sugary soil, right? It's a, it's it's flowery language, Bev. Don't don't get hung up yeah. on it. I think you're getting hung hung up on it. This man is cray, right? TBC. <laughs> Here's an article from the OC Register: Improving Disney California Adventure. Here are some attractions that need updating. That's the that's the headline. So this is just somebody complaining. All of them. Yes. Bugs Land. Uh, so. <laughs> And it's a, s- a slideshow, which normally I don't like, but I, I just, you know, because you have to click on each thing right. uh, to figure out what in the heck they're talking about. But I thought that the topic was kind of cool, so then we can all really tease Terrence because he likes all of these things a lot more than Disneyland. Mm. Um, <laughs> number one, Paradise Pier's Roller Coaster. <clears throat> California Screaming. Really? They don't even know the name of it? No, it's fine. It doesn't matter. Uh, to ev- it's meant to evoke memories of great wooden roller coasters, but it's hard to recreate that same feeling. With the bulky over-the-shoulder restraints that Screamin's trains have employed since the ride opened in 2001, thanks to advances in coaster design, trains that go upside down don't have to use over-the-shoulder restraints anymore. If you've been on Six Flags Magic Mountain Splendid New Twisted Colossus bar-style restraints, uh, they use lap Uh, bar. No. It would be nice to see a similar restraint system employed on some new California Screamin' trains one day. So... No. Uh-uh. It, 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 does it need updating I'm, because there's a different restraint system out in the world? I would it's, not go on that ride. Okay, I'm fairly, it's fine. I'm fairly certain that that ride that she describes doesn't go zero to 60 in three seconds. Yeah. It's a fine. TBC. No, TBC. The, 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 I, I completely agree with Taryn because I think that you have so many people coming from out of, out of the country that if they see a loop and then just a lap bar, uh-uh. they, no, would, no. they wouldn't want to go on it. it. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't want to go on yeah, it. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I click that thing, and then I suck it in and click it one more time, yeah. and I go, now I'm fine. <laughs> then you let it go, and you're like... <laughs> <laughs> Here's on the... Um, what's that raft ride that's always down? Uh, DC River Run. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, this person says, The country bears might have appeared first at the Walt Disney World Resort in Florida, but Disney trivia experts know that the bears were meant to debut in California. 
First of all, that entire sentence doesn't need to be there. Because it means nothing. The Country Bear Jamboree was designed for a planned ski resort in Mineral King, a development that the company scrapped following Walt Disney's death in 1966. Again, don't care. These bears belong in California's mountains. Plenty of fans have suggested that Disney find a way to give the country bears it evicted from Disneyland in 2001 a new home on Grizzly Peak. We think that's a splendid idea. So it doesn't need update. So apparently Grizzly River Run needs updating because it doesn't have the country bears. So you need to just see that little that little grassy knoll right there. Stick some bears up in there and it's all good. Of all the things that that ride needs, it doesn't need country bears. I rode that ride recently. I actually I don't like think it really ride. did anything. I actually rode it this Ugh. last trip. I haven't ridden it the last eight times I've been you, there because it's broken every time. You get soaked on that ride. Yeah. You can. Some people come off dry and some people come off just... You like, know what it needs? It needs it needs uh, 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 operable, operatable fountains yes. from the Boom. viewpoint so people can oh, try to soak so you. Mean. Like Great America. It yeah. Means, exactly. Yes, you're That's what right. it needs. It doesn't need yeah. country bears. This it, person's just you, trying to just you, get you clicks. You someone at a it, gate. So ridiculous. It needs yes. a poncho vending machine right before you get on. Why go on a water oh, ride a with idea. a poncho on? Because she doesn't know. So she likes poncho. Get, she so has you don't thing. ruin the rest of your day. What, then don't go on the ride. But I like the ride. You can't have it both ways, Aaron. Gonna whine again. One this one is about uh, pizza. Uh, apparently, the pizza is real bad. Uh, this article is so dumb. OC Register, you, you need to up your article game, bro. Um, apparently, they're okay. They're closing the Aladdin. This one's number four. No matter what show is playing in California Adventures' largest theater, it's the wait outside that undercuts what is otherwise one of the most impressive experiences at Disneyland Resort. Our wish list includes an enclosed or at least covered lobby for the Hyperion to give fans a more comfortable wait that better helps everyone get in the mood for a Broadway-caliber show. Maybe even some fun, interactive things to do while waiting. That is every ride in Florida. But she is absolutely right about that one with uh, with DCA. That is hot and miserable. Go to Florida, bro. Go to Florida. No, I won't go to Florida. Three-fourths of everything is not covered and is so ridiculous. Or it's raining. Or it's raining. Oh, this one's Tower of Terror. Disneyland fans participating in online forums surely are sick of hearing from Walt Disney World fans gloat that their version of Tower of Terror is better than ours. So we're not going to write about the Florida version. We're going to write about the Tokyo one instead. Tokyo's Tower of Terror dumps the Twilight Zone theme for an original backstory involving a wealthy and egomaniacal hotel owner named Harrison Hightower. On one of his African expedition, Hightower found... An idol, uh, it's not exactly happy to be taken from its home. The rest is the most visually stunning pre-show in the theme park industry. As the uh, idol claims its revenge, Disney uh, DCA could improve its Tower of Terror by letting Florida have the Twilight Zone and giving us the... T- this person's stupid. Sorry, kids, but this person's dumb. Here, here's my favorite one. Disney's California Adventure Kitties Land illustrates what happens when you let the lawyers and accountants and quick overnight thinking take over theme park design. Whose idea could it have been for bumper cars that aren't allowed to go fast enough to actually bump? (laughs) They're talking about the ladybugs. Before Aladdin's genie leaves the park, we'd like to wish for a Disney to squash a bug's land and replace it with the perfect neighbor to Harrison's High Tower of Terror, Hong Kong Disneyland's Mystic Manor. Both High Tower and Mystic Manor owner Henry... Mystic are characters in the Society of Explorers and Adventures, a wonderful Disney Parks franchise that needs more exposure in America. Mystic Manor, which opened in 2013, might be the best new Disney attraction of the past decade, blending amazing special effects with a high-tech trackless ride system that's still family-friendly. Putting this ride next door to Radiator Springs Racers would make any Disney fan believe that all of his or her wishes had come true. Mystic Manor, I watched the uh, A Point of View yeah. video on that. Yeah. That 
That ride looks amazing. I thought Absolutely it was just amazing. their version of Haunted... Oh, no, because that's Tokyo. Oh, so... Interesting. Okay, I was confused. What is that, then? I don't know. I have no idea. They they don't do a lot of the scary things. It's kind of Haunted Mansion-esque, but it uses the same ride that they're going to use on the new um, uh, Luigi ride that they're putting in. Or who, is it? Oh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's Luigi's... It's um, yeah. We just talked about this, Bev. Yeah. Luigi's, like, rugged racers Luigi's or something like that. less terrible ride. I don't know. Hopefully less terrible ride. Is it a ride, though, or is it... It seems like it's like a show. It's a ride. It's um, it's a ride with a backstory. With the mm-hmm. but it's a trackless system. It's kind of neat. Mm-hmm. They're going to try to use it on more things now. Speaking of Tower of Terror, Disney's planning a movie based on Tower of Terror ride theme park ride thing. Based Don't, on a movie. According to Deadline, it's not really. It's based on, on a, a TV, TV show. show. Mm-hmm. According to Deadline, Big Fish writer John August is set to produce the film with Jim Whittaker after the pair developed a concept Disney took a liking to. The studio is currently search uh, the studio is currently search of a suitable writer to pen the script. What? I thought you just said that I don't know, whatever. The movie's plot will center around five people who disappear in a fancy hotel elevator after a building is struck by lightning. Um, the film won't contain the Twilight Zone tie-in. Interestingly enough, this won't serve as the first film based on the Tower of Terror, as did he made a movie based on the ride in 1997. Yeah. Steve Gutenberg, right? Yes. What was that movie called? Tower, Tower of Terror. Terror. Really? Yes. Huh. Uh, and last but not least, Epcot will be Disney World's least visited park by 2020. I loved it. It was pretty cool. So uh, I'll spare the, the the reason I'm I'm reading this article is because it gives us it gives us numbers of like attendance for each of the the Walt Disney World parks, which I always think is fascinating. Um, so apparently, this person uh, says Animal Kingdom has been trying to shake the common complaint that it's not a full day park, but it's hard to offer up much of a fight when you're operating on bankers' hours. They close at like six and seven o'clock at night. Uh, it's been closing at uh, Hollywood Studios is a different story. It's been closing attractions, giving folks less to do at the park than they did a couple years ago. Um, take a trip to Animal Kingdom. They're like putting Avatar Land over there, which would be kind of crazy and whatever. Um, and then Hollywood Studios, they're going to have Toy Story Land and Star Wars Land. So that's going to be great, too. But uh, he goes, this brings us to Epcot. It's Disney World's second most visited Florida attraction at the moment. But the attendance gap between the park and both Animal Kingdom and Disney's Hollywood Studios is narrowing. Going back to 2006, just before the recession rocked the travel industry, it's the only Disney World park that has not grown its attendance in the double digits through 2014. Huh. So what do you think? Okay, so the Magic Kingdom. Nobody look at this because I want to play a game. Okay. What do you think the attendance was in 2006 in Magic Kingdom? Annual attendance? Yes, for 2006. Oh, geez. I don't even have a frame of reference is the problem. Yeah, so, okay, how about this? How about uh, Animal Kingdom, 8.9 million visits in 2006. Oh, okay. So that should give you some sort of reference. Okay. I would say 12 million. For what? For Magic Kingdom. For Magic Kingdom. Oh, I'd say more Best than playing that. Bubble Witch over there. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I just didn't hear you. 17.2. 20. 16.6. What do you think it was in 2014? 23.8. 25. No, you said the double digits. So, um, 
16.6. No, 16 was double already, so. Oh, I thought you said five. Okay, no. so it's, it's a 23.8. What did you say? Increase by double? 24. 19.3. Oh. oh, really? 16% change. That's from really 2006 good. to 2014. Yeah, good. Just for Magic Kingdom? Yeah, just yeah, for Magic really Kingdom. not really adding anything, so that makes that's pretty good. That's a lot of dollars. Yeah. yeah. Hollywood Studios. What do you think they did in 2006? If Animal Kingdom was 8.9. Uh, and you said Hollywood Studios was terrible. 7.3. So. <laughs> <laughs> mm, 10? Taryn? Yeah. Uh, Nine. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, you took too long. Uh, what do you think about 2014. 14.1. 15. 13. 10. 10.3. 10. Wow. 13% increase. So now Epcot. Okay. What do you think they did in 2006? 15.3. Ooh, yeah. That seems about right. Yeah, 15, I was 16. 14. 10.4. Really? Wow. Yeah. Still Animal Kingdom's the lowest. What do you think they did in 2014? increase. Wow. So that's the slowest growing park, even though Animal Kingdom started lower and is still not at, in 2014, still wasn't at the level Epcot was in 06. It still had a higher percentage. It still has a higher percentage of growth. That's wow. crazy. I think I just, I don't know. And so this this guy's saying, Epcot has an identity problem. The park traces its roots to Walt Disney's ver- a vision of a planned community, but that's not what the park turned out to be. It's a park that always is trying to manage the delicate balance between edutainment, uh, a, I don't know, in the uh, like education entertainment, yes. in the front of the park, which is like the mission to, uh, you know, Spaceship Earth and all the kind of, you know, education uh, and the foodie centric country pavilions in the back it's a beautiful park but it's lacking in the personality department there's a there's no shortage of people who love the park but the attendance numbers don't lie the near-term plan to spruce up epcot isn't very exciting it's adding a new theater to expand the capacity of its popular soren attraction and it's changing up the video to feature the entire world instead of just california there's also a frozen boat ride opening next year but let's face it even your anna and elsa loving daughter has been over frozen for a few months now <laughs> it's wow. a fact. There yeah. you go. That's the news, dude. That's so weird, isn't it? That's surprising. I actually well, thought Epcot would be more popular than. So did Me I. Too. Oh, I think. I mean, look. When, oh shoot! I wasn't supposed to touch that. Oh well. Um, when we go back, I'm spending a lot of time at Epcot. Yeah, I, I like Epcot. Yeah, what that's, that's interesting. Maybe yeah. we'll be the only ones there. What was the busiest park you guys experienced? Magic Kingdom, I think. Magic Kingdom yeah. for sure, dude. Yeah. But even then, it still wasn't that busy. I don't know if it was the time we went. We it's, were well, there during weekdays. Yeah, and it's huge. I mean, yeah. it's really hard to find a, 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 a knot of people like we were able to in Disneyland this time. Oh, man, terrible. that was horrible. It was so crowded. I was looking at the wait times while you guys were there. I was smiling a little bit. They're terrible. <laughs> they were horrible. It was so awful. I, looked at I ba- rode two rides on Saturday. I looked at Becca and I was like, hey, so how long do you think they're going to wait for Radiator Springs? She's like, oh, that's probably about a 45-minute wait. It's like 105. Nice. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what it was. No one's trying to wait for that. Yeah, I know. I think, yeah. I know. Riding that. Yeah, I got better <laughs> things to do in my time. Uh, okay, fact of the show. Here we go. Uh, whenever a cast member points at something, as we all know, they do it with two fingers. The rumor is this was an homage to Walt and his 
terrible habit of smoking, which yeah. inevitably killed him, which I never understood. Why would you want to immortalize somebody for yeah. the thing that killed them? It doesn't make any sense. Uh, the truth is that Walt thought this action of pointing with one finger was considered to be rude. So the folks at Disneyland decided that two fingers was much more polite. It has nothing to do with his smoking. And in fact, he was actually known to never smoke inside of Disneyland. That's true. Yeah. So I don't know why we have smoking pavilions now. If if we do a bunch of stuff because Walt did it uh, at one point, then why don't we do stuff because he didn't do it, right? Agreed. Smoking pavilions are terrible. I can't believe that people still smoke. I just don't understand it. It's disgusting. Thank you very much. This has been <laughs> this has been opinions <laughs> by Jason Petros. Um, that's it. I think we're done with the show, and yeah. then uh, you know we'll be back in a few weeks. Um, yeah. Until then, see you in the parks.